we want to welcome a guy that's always a special guest, but an extra special guest today because his uh, wallet was considerably lighter yesterday after uh, taking our whole, at least not our whole staff, but at least the important members of our staff to lunch. I am pleased to welcome New York Times bestselling author, co-host of Fox and Friends and nationally syndicated radio talk show host, Brian Kilmeade. Brian, it was great to see you yesterday. Thanks for lunch. It was awfully nice of you. Good to see you resilient. You adjusted your your sleep schedule in order to be uh, engaging during lunch. You could have phoned it in and just uh, you could have uh, you could have phoned it in and and just, you know, sat there silently and tired and. Uh, and all of a sudden, uh, you were the the life of the party, the well, life of the lunch. You know, and a lot and a certain lawyer is is very responsible for that. <laughs> you know, it, that's an interesting way to put it because I thought at some point midway through that you had just told everyone else that this was the roast of Frank Morano because I was really being put through the ringer there at certain points. There, Brian, you're not exaggerating. At, at one point, I thought to myself, Frank's not having a good time. <laughs> I, I mean, he might store out. Because evidently, everyone listens to every minute of your show. <laughs> it's true. And you find it's yourself true. justifying every word while trying to scramble to remember what they're talking about. <laughs> That's right. I'm trying so, to think. Because you're like me. Like When you get off the air, some people bring things up and think to myself, did I say that? Yeah, I no, I'm trying to think. It. And uh, uh, John at one point brought up something that I think happened a year ago. And I said, no, I don't think that happened. But, but it was a lot of fun. Thank you uh, for that. It was a great, not only a great meal, but a great camaraderie building um, exercise. L- let me get your take on where we are with uh, Elon Musk and uh, and Twitter. He is somebody who um, kind of fancied himself as a champion of free speech. Now uh, the, uh, the kid that was tweeting about tracking his jet is apparently shadow banned, and uh, there's a big controversy about whether or not Elon Musk is trying to suppress free speech in certain areas. How do you think the Musk uh, leadership of Twitter is going so far? Well, I, I like most of it. I saw I saw the problem you you have with it. I, I read about that story. The guy's uh, tracking, stalking, so he basically uh, banned him, shadow banned him. So I, I think that he needs he needs to set up a. It's a private company now, so set up a criteria. I mean, let's just set. It, I mean, instead of winging it every day and open yourself up to all these type of criticisms, take a step back, set up a criteria, set up whatever you see an algorithm with supervision. And and start doing this because every day your enemy is going to be looking to to talk about how bad he is and is is uh, the agents that feel as though he's helping the world with free speech are going to make excuses for him. So he's got to come up. I mean, this guy literally blew up the company before he even officially took it over. He said, if you don't get an email by a Thursday, you're fired and then told everyone, if you don't want to work hard, please leave now. So he got to the place. And then he's exposing internal emails, mm. and I think it benefits the country. But I just hope he knows what he's doing because when he does this with his stalker and they got pictures, he took a picture of him. Uh, he tweeted out, any account doxing real-time location inform- information of anyone will be suspended as if it is a physical safety violation. This includes posting links to sites with real-time information. Posting locations someone traveled to on a slightly delayed basis isn't a safety problem, so is okay. Last night, a car carrying, um, it says Little X in Los Angeles, was followed by a uh, crazy stalker thinking it was me, mm-hmm. who later blocked car from moving and climbed onto the hood. Legal action is taken against Sweeney and organizations who supported harm to my family. So that's clearly a threat. How it fits into free speech is a great question. 
there is some increasingly louder talk about an immigration deal, a, a bipartisan immigration deal led by the um, newly independent Kirsten Cinema, which would include legal status for the Dreamers, a whole lot more money for border security and uh, hiring of more Border Patrol agents. One, do you think there is going to be a deal? And what do you think of the framework of this deal from what you're hearing about it so far? I, I don't hear anything good about it. I mean, it's not money and agents. It's a complete philosophy on how you apply for asylum. Ecuador, El Salvador, Brazil, whatever, Venezuela. I mean, you're, they're just walking into our country and applying. We don't have the facilities for it. There's no infrastructure at the border. You've got to be able to apply in the country you're in. There's got to be massive policy constrictions. It's not just a matter of getting more men and women in uniform, getting more Jeeps. I would, you got to finish the wall. you got to put up these containers. I mean, the fact that they're fighting to get the containers down shows a lack of seriousness. I don't know if everyone knows what's going on in Arizona. They're so frustrated with the wall being stopped even though it's paid for. They took these huge uh, shipping containers, and they stacked them on top of each other and welded, doors, welded, uh, welded the door shut. And they've made a makeshift barrier. So, that, so now they're being sued by the federal government saying that that's bad for the environment, it's hard for law enforcement, and it's, uh, now it's on an Indian reservation, some fiction that's brought up. So when you're suing to get rid of a barrier, don't tell me to buy into the you care about border security. So Governor Ducey, who's outgoing, uh, sadly, and going to turn over to a Democrat, is fighting back. But I'm sure this new Democrat's going to go, sure, I'll open up these borders. So I, I'm frank, I'm really down on it. Mm. Uh, well, I, it seems to be uh, that we're, you're in the majority on that one. Um, real quick, the uh, there's been a very hyped announcement from former president and uh, current presidential candidate Donald Trump. You are in the know. You are juiced in. You have sources that uh, that people can't even imagine. Any insight into what this Donald Trump announcement is going to be today? Uh, I think it's going to be some type of private announcement about a way with his NFT or something like that, name, image, and light. I'm not sure. But I think it's less political, Mm -hmm. more something private, investing, truth social. That's what I hear. Well, okay. Well, that that will be kind of anticlimactic. So he's not a, a yeah. not uh, not launching, a, you know, not announcing a running mate or anything crazy like that. That would be nuts. No, okay. <laughs> uh, because I think one of the big thing was there was really not much momentum after he made his announcement, uh, and now if to announce a running mate or something like that would be, I mean, that's another way to get publicity and uh, and to do that without a whole process would be crazy. Yeah, it's certainly going to be interesting to see where that go. You are uh, our resident soccer analyst expert. So far, all the teams that you have supported at various stages of the World Cup have not fared so well. The World Cup is now uh, coming to a close. Who are you supporting at the moment? And overall, how do you think Qatar did as the host country of the World Cup? Not there, but what I think people love about it is the same thing. I've covered all these Super Bowls. The thing I love most about Super Bowl in Indianapolis is everything's close. Come out of a hotel. Okay, this is where the event is. This is where the – and it's, everything's walkable. I thought that was so cool. You actually walk to the stadium, uh, and, and that's what they're doing in Qatar. So you got all these six stadiums, and you're not hopping on a plane to get there. Now, when it comes to America, and to actually North America, you're going to be flying into Ontario. You're going to be flying to Los Angeles. You're going to be coming to – wait a second. No, New York and – not Washington. Uh, but you're going to be going to, I think, Tampa. So you're going to get in a plane. 
So that makes it tough. But the one thing they did about Qatar with building in the middle of the desert, they put all these brand new stadiums right there. So I, I hear good things about that. I mean, the fact that they haven't heard any massive arrests, any culture clashes, the the people weren't happy drinking and not being able to drink at the game. But I haven't heard much complaints about it. The fields look ev- evidently are fantastic. But you know, Frank, you're going to hear about how many people died making making those fields. Mm. So mm. so that's going to be the issue. You had two tragedies with media members dying. Uh, turns out that Grant Wall died of a brain aneurysm, 49 years old, which is insane. And no, you know, I guess he. Uh, so I, I guess he was carrying this with him. It could have happened anywhere. Mm. So, but I don't think people hold it up to that. So I think they did fine. Uh, the Middle East wants it back. I don't think they're doing it back there again. Number one, there's got to be some, you know, just like the Olympics blew up because of the corruption of the process. I don't think they're going to have corruption of the process anymore. Hence, we should have been hosting this World Cup, America. We lost to this country that actually moved the tournament because it was too hot when, uh, in July when it was, should have been played. And well, so and they, they lied to Budweiser, uh, one, they're one of their big sponsors. Everybody. Yeah, and so uh, I would uh, I would tend to agree with you. We'll see we'll see what happens. You, um, I am guessing, w- come Super Bowl time, you are probably not going to be in the new incarnation of the FTX crypto commercial that so many celebrities have participated in before. Kevin O'Leary was pretty uh, pretty uh, confrontational yesterday. He got fifteen million dollars. From FTX just to represent it. Then he got these coins uh, with it, these tokens that are worthless and $10 million worth of equity, which is worthless. And people started saying, well, crypto's a scam. And he went at it with Elizabeth Warren. It's probably worth playing back today. So Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank, Mr. Wonderful uh, nickname. So you have other people that are going to come up there. But as you know, I think we might have talked about this last week. If you are uh, Tom Brady, you're getting sued. If you're uh, Giselle, you're getting sued. Shaquille O'Neal, you're getting sued. Think about all this. They were going to give $100 million to Taylor Swift, $100 million wow. to represent FTX. And and who knows? If that check cleared and it's one year into the deal, do you turn around and give that money back? Right. Because evidently, even though there's not, this is not exact, they're not going to the projects to get this money, but there's a lot of middle-class people that have lost everything because they looked up and they said, everybody's in on this. This is my chance to retire. What could go wrong? Tony Blair and President Clinton are interviewing this guy. He's a world leader. He's a philanthropist. Uh, everybody's uh, everybody's actually going to his conventions. I'm going to put my money in, and they all lost it. It, it, it seems to be – obviously, we'll see what the evidence suggests, but it seems to be – a little bit of a division about whether Sam Bankman-Fried is another Madoff-style Ponzi schemer or if he's somebody that cut some corners and was sloppy in getting caught up. You usually have pretty good instincts for this kind of thing. How do you see this? The worst of the worst of the worst. There was no quality control. Mm-hmm. There was no risk management team. There was no board to answer to. He took a billion dollars worth of investment money, gave it to his horrendous girlfriend, who now has turned on him. To talk about how he never asked any questions. Can you imagine? You, I, I know you know the answer question. I can't imagine. You can't imagine. Going, let's just take a billion dollars and put it into my girlfriend's Alameda fund. <laughs> and it turns out there was not enough money there to back it up. So when it collapsed, there was no equity and there was no collateral. Yeah, I didn't know that. You didn't know that? You're making decisions like this like it's your savings account? So obviously, if John Casabatidis is listening, he understands these numbers. <laughs> uh, I, I don't. I, I when I watch Jamie Dimon say uh, and Warren Buffett say, I would not get any, get near this. I'm saying to myself, why would I ever jump in? That's all I need to know. He, they basically think it's voodoo.
Mm. No, so. it, it, it's that's for sure. Uh, lastly, Brian, you do these great specials on uh, Fox Nation where you have different looks at American history and American culture. You've done everything from looking at old Hollywood to looking at the automobile, a lot of interesting things. You're now uh, something perfect for this time of year. You have a look at the history of mo- the modern incarnation of Santa Claus. Is that on Fox Nation now? Uh, it it's going to be on Friday, starting Friday, which basically you have a situation where our country is in a massive depression through death and destruction after the Civil War. And it just talked about the uh, how the Santa story took root and how America was thirsting for something fun and bright. And the mythology of the whole story took root right after our worst times. And it, I found the whole thing fascinating. So I think that if you're looking to put in perspective, Santa Claus, where did this come from? Which we, I get that question almost. Don't you think about that every year? You All hear, the well, time. Where did this come yeah. From? So you just, especially if you have little kids. So you can, it's not going to, it's not going to blow anything up if you see it. So if you're watching with your family. So, but you just see, just see how the whole thing happened, how it was about hope and, uh, and, and how it, it kept going back to it uh, over and over again. So I, I thought it was a pretty good story. Now that is pretty neat. What's coming up on Fox and Friends this morning? Well, I can tell you what's coming up on our, our show. We got uh, we're going to do a simulcast. Barney and Company could do uh, Axios. Michael Allen will be with us. Carly Shimkus, Center James uh, Langford on uh, on Fox and Friends. We're opening up with the story with what's going on uh, at the border. Uh, the first thing we're going to be doing what's going on at the border. Then we're going to do an FTX, and then we're going to be uh, taking a one stop shopping when it comes to uh, when it comes to what Donald Trump is doing, making his announcement. As Rich Lowry writes. It's, his rollout's been a disaster because mm. there's no plan after the announcement. It should have been a national tour. We're going to look at that and also the government's effort to, to avoid a shutdown. And I don't know if you know this, but Jim Jordan's been making tremendous progress on the origin of the virus as well as plans to bring in the heads of Facebook, Twitter, and others almost right away when we uh, when we get back from break and they officially go into power. So the, the letters have been out. It's going to be written, so we're going to. Uh, look into that. It's a shame there's nothing interesting to talk about these days, eh, Brian? Right. But don't forget One Nation Saturday at 8 o'clock. Amongst our guests, we're going to talk to Jeb Bush uh, about what he thinks about this field. And, and I'll give it away. He all in on Ron DeSantis. He, he said, get his vote. He's 44 years old. Don't wait. Go for it. Well, it's going to be interesting. Brian Kilmeade, uh, the benefactor of our lunch yesterday. Appreciate it very <laughs> much. Great to see you, my friend. Thanks for going, Frank. Thanks for everything, too, and the supporting the show and all your great listeners. Congratulations on all your success. You're killing it. Likewise. Appreciate it. And uh, if people want to see the full cast of characters uh, at the lunch yesterday, I have just retweeted Brian's tweet at Frank Morano. You can see Congressman King, Sid Rosenberg, me, and the whole gang there, the whole Motley crew. Uh, catch Brian every day uh, on uh, the radio. Catch him every day on TV. And Saturday on One Nation. And if you haven't already done so, please uh, check out his book, uh, the President and the Freedom Fighter. You could get more details about the Kilmeade Takes America tour at uh, Kilmeade.com. Uh, if you want to do 15 seconds of fame, you can do so at uh, 800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-922. That's BrianKilmeade.com, to be certain. Uh, BrianKilmeade.com. If 15 seconds of fame, straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. midnight. 